right, so that that happened, and welcome to the Bag Clan Fantasy Podcast. Uh, I'm your host Blake, joined by Tyler and Rob. Uh, the fruit, my first uh, intro song was not working, so that was the emergency replacement. How are we doing, guys? Excellent. You should have quit while, while you were ahead on that one. The instrument <laughs> was great. The uh, words were very muddled. <laughs> I, I, so I I went into that and I was. Uh, giving it a test but then you guys both were not saying anything just kind of jamming i was like oh so they actually think this is real this isn't a test i should fade out now no, i mean i could hear it at least so that was a plus yeah. you know we don't uh plan through things very well here at the bag clan podcast that's why you listen to us boom um let's see unless you guys get anything to uh you know massive news alerts or life alerts we can move right into some news and notes from rob I mean, I don't have, I don't, I can't think of any major injury news from last week unless I'm just brain dead. Um, I mean, some people coming back. Michael Thomas came back. Um, Tyler, you got anything I'm missing? I, I, I just can't think of anything. Oh, just the number one fantasy running back yet again going down? Oh, oh, you mean that one guy? Yeah, that, that one guy. Yeah. Yeah, that one guy you traded for. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks for you, Tyler. Uh, I don't have a lot of, you know, feelings towards that one. (laughs) But Uh, what we're we're obviously talking about is CMC uh, hurt his shoulder on one of the last plays of the game. Um, You could see him kind of working it out on the sideline. They're saying he's week to week. It's probably an SC or an AC joint sprain, which is two to four weeks. Uh, they'll pro- they have their bye week thirteen. So my guess is is that you're going to be coming out of the bye, entering the fantasy playoffs, and crossing your fingers. I will uh, related to shoulder. Uh, I guess now that you bring it up, it springs to mind Antonio Gibson. Antonio, that's yeah for the Redskins. He uh, also has a shoulder injury, which is why Kisses got so much play in the last game. So. I guess running backs and shoulders uh, are kind of flowing through the league a little bit, <laughs> like hamstrings um, and wide receivers. Another thing, if we're, uh, let's touch on the Broncos really quick because they're looking terrible as always. Jerry Judy didn't practice today. Noah Fant was limited today, and Tim Patrick was also limited today. That's a hamstring for Patrick, ankle for Fant, and a shoulder for Judy. And yeah, I think Fant Albert, got knocked out of that game. Yeah, and Albert O, uh, his season is also over. Nice. Um, Kenny Galladay also uh, still questionable with that hip injury. Yeah. And then uh, there was some Steelers news. Roethlisberger on the COVID list today. And also has two bad knees. That as well. Um, Which game uh, Well, there's a lot of people on the COVID list. Michael Hardman got put on the COVID list today. Um, There were a couple of teams, but it seems like they've got it down to the point where they're able to trace it to the point where it should be fine. So, right. not so much concern with the games going away anymore. I think there are a couple of Bengals on there too. Yeah. Um, so transactions. Um, so we had a trade yesterday as soon as uh, lineups were unlocked between myself and Rob. Tyler, did you review that at all? 
Uh, I will as soon as I get it pulled up. But why don't you take us through who it is? All right. So from the Hot Snakes, that's me. I traded Lamar Jackson and Mike Williams, and I received Drew Brees and Hayden Hurst. Okay. So obviously you're trading – well, I would say you're trading low on Lamar because he's been not good for fantasy this year. Um, I think he's like quarterback 18 or 20, something like that. I think um, you're right. And, yeah, I mean, Hayden 19. Hurst – Yeah. Hayden Hurst is consistent at tight end, so you at least got someone there with uh, to supplement your Jared Cook. Um, and Drew Brees has been – 12 and he's kind of up and down the one thing i will say and the reason i'm going to say i think rob won this trade is because up to this point lamar jackson and the ravens have had the fourth hardest schedule for passing defenses or against passing defenses going forward they have the fourth easiest so i definitely see lamar at least uh, regressing closer to what he was last year. He's not going to get there, but be, I think with the fact that Breeze is quarterback 12, I think Lamar could end there, which means he's playing above quarterback 12 the rest of the way. Um, and that was the, my whole reason for doing it. As far as the quarterbacks go, I was thinking the opposite. Um, I like Breeze's schedule coming up, up a lot more. He still has to play Atlanta twice. Uh, he also plays Denver and Philly during the playoffs. So, and, and Kansas city for that matter, that they're going to have to throw again. He's going to match up against Mahomes, which should be a, a nice throwing matchup. So I, I really like it. I honestly, I thought I was winning this trade because of Hayden Hurst. You give me the number six tight end. And with Michael Thomas back, Jared Cook's stock drops a lot for me. So. Yeah. So the remaining games left, um, you are correct. Blake new Orleans has the number one best schedule for, quarterbacks um so yeah you're entirely right like i said i just, lamar if he gets right he can go back to being a cheat code for fantasy and uh, drew Brees, if he upgrades doesn't go to that level uh by any means and lamar's playoff matchups cleveland jacksonville the giants whereas uh playoff matchup for drew Brees is philly kansas city minnesota so Playoff matchup is also better for Lamar. All righty. So that's that. Uh, Rob, unless you got something you want to say about that trade? No, I was going to say the analysis is right on. And that's why I thought it was a fair trade because you, from each side, you can look at it like you want it. Um, I think I did. You think you did. I think it's perfect. So uh, um, free agents. Yeah. Last one. Uh, just to reiterate Baltimore's playoff matchups for quarterbacks, uh, Baltimore's number eight. Uh, strength of schedule, New Orleans is 18. So there you go. All right, so uh, free agent pickups. Uh, my uh-oh free agent pickup of the week, or we I'm, I'm workshopping it. It could be a whoopsie. Free agent pickup of the week is uh, I like that. Tyler, you spent $12 in Jamal Williams. You're the only person to put any bids on any players this week. And that's Jamal Williams, who I picked up weeks ago for $0 and then also dropped. So how do you feel about you know, dropping 12 on that guy. So considering my bid on Tuesday night, so when do our waivers run? Wednesday morning at like 2 a.m.? Yes. Yep. Tuesday at 10.30, I couldn't get to sleep, and I lowered my bid from $24 down to 12. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
So the reason why uh, I bid so much there is because I was kind of looking at the rest of the season and I was very much in the middle when it came to uh, how much fab I had left. I think I had like 50 left or something like that. And nobody around me, um, God, I can't figure out where, where they hold fab at anymore. Oh, budget something. Here we go. Um, yeah, everybody else was at like above 80 or below 30. So I'm like, I just wanted to make sure I saw Jamal Williams as the last remaining uh, high tier handcuff on the waiver wire. Uh, and I was kind of surprised you dropped him. And if you would, if I would have known you were going to drop him, he would have been in our trade discussions last week. I just didn't think I could get him. And uh, so I wanted to make sure I got him. And that just meant overpay, understandably overpaying because I'm in the middle on fab. So I'm, if I go up against the big boys, I'm going to get outbid anyway. And I can outbid anybody by a significant margin. Yeah, the only reason I dropped him is because I, I, after our trade, I have plenty of running back depth. And then I also had Mixon coming off the IR, which I needed to free up a roster spot. He was the bottom of that one. So I was okay to let him go. I think Aaron Jones will make it back, and he'll be meh at best. Yeah. So after the move, uh, like I said, it was all based on fab for me. Like I said, there are the four people that are above 80. Everybody else below me, I double up in fab still. So I'm not overly concerned about it. Otherwise, Rob, you, I see you dropped John Brown. I did. After our uh, intense discussions about him on Sunday. Yes. Um, that's about it for free agents. So let's move into a surprise segment for you two. Uh-oh. Uh, excluding the trade that uh, Rob and I did. Tyler, you're going to go first. Who is a buy low candidate and who is a sell high candidate for trades for you right now since we've got uh, the trade deadline coming up in a lot of other leagues, not necessarily ours. Uh, so who are you thinking? Who's buy, uh, buy low, sell high? Okay, I know this is absolutely cheating, but I came in with those stats about Lamar. I was planning on talking about Lamar, so he would have been my buy low. Um like I said, I, I had those in my back pocket for when we got to matchups, and it just so happened that you traded it. Um, boy, sell high. I mean, I'm just looking here. I mean, if you can get anything for Zeke right now, if you can sell Zeke on name value, that's almost a sell high to me. Dallas has the worst running back matchups the rest of the way. Um, but I don't The only other one I would say is I could see Seattle not fall off completely, but uh, they have, they have a fairly difficult rest of season. Uh, so you could see that offense kind of, you know, drop down, drop 10%, 20%, something like that. Um, I mean, a guy for me is uh, Todd Gurley. He's the number six running back right now, which position rank is really good. But the guy has averaged under three yards a carry for five weeks out of the nine weeks so far. So over half of the weeks, he's averaged under three yards. He's been saved because he keeps getting touchdowns. That kind of activity just can't continue 
Um, I think so. I think he's a sell a sell high candidate. Do you have anybody for buying low? I mean, again, just like the reason I went with Lamar, he was my buy low for the week. Um, before, because I think he has a really good matchup this week, even though, you know, you might look at New England and go, oh, shoot, you know, I, I like the way the way New England plays defense, and we'll get it to we get the matchup, but I think he has a great matchup this week, and that's why I wanted him now. All right. So I have – I actually came up with two other buy lows. Um, oh, go for it. The, the first one I think is David Montgomery. Uh, Bears have the easiest strength of schedule the rest of the way for running backs. Um, and he's not going to cost a whole lot to get. He's going to be a solid guy in your lineup. Um, and the other one, and again, this is this goes back to a trade Blake and I made, is Jonathan Taylor. If you know, Depending on what you believe about Jonathan Taylor and what he's going to do the rest of the way, he could be a league winner because I think they have the second easiest schedule against running back. But he's going to have to get it in the lineup. He's going to have to get right and go from there. All righty. So let's move yeah. into matchups. Uh, Tyler, how about you remind me – actually, uh, remind me who won the commission a cup last week. Jesus Christ. Hey, why don't you do that directly into your headphone next time, Rob? I'll try. Uh, it was I, way over there. Boy, it was right in my brainstem is where nice. it was. Uh, last week, uh, Terry actually got dethroned – or not Terry. Uh, yeah, well, scary Terry. Chris actually got dethroned. He held the cup for three weeks, which is tied for the second longest hold that anybody has had ever. Um, wow. And Monty now owns the Commissioner's Cup. All righty. So, Monty, Tyler, why don't, you, why don't you take us through some uh, spreadsheet knowledge? Uh, which spreadsheet do you want? You want Commissioner Cup stats or you want picks? Picks. All right. Uh, last week, uh, Rob – well, Rob and I had the same picks other than Rob took Turbo because he wanted to reverse jinx his own team. So he won, lost that. <laughs> uh, so Rob went two and three on the week. I went three and two. And Blake went a solid five and up. Wow, Blake. So, uh, it's 2020. Uh, Rob is 28 and 17. I'm 30 and 15. And Blake is 32 and 13. Uh, Blake up (sighs) above 700 winning percentage. And uh, overall, I'll go through overall a different podcast. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, I mean, there's there's something that I got to get right, and it's going to be this apparently. So, you know, go me. Uh, We're going to move straight into some matching up here. Uh, I like to start with me first because that's the order that ESPN loads my matchups in. So we're going to go with the hop snakes at six and three versus the two and seven turbo. Um, I'm currently favored. Oh, good. When I looked this morning, uh, I saw that turbo had four people on buys in the starting lineup. So I'm glad he's fixed that. Uh, I will have Drew Brees newly acquired against San Francisco versus a Teddy Bridgewater against Tampa Bay. Wow. Um, wow. So Tampa Bay gave up a lot last week to Drew, to Drew, uh, Drew Brees. Um, I don't know what to think about that defense. They are – is Carolina at home this week? 
or are they at, at Tampa Bay? All right, Carolina is at home. Yeah, both um, these quarterbacks are at home. Okay, and San Francisco's defense, a lot of injuries. They're kind of a shell of what they used to be. Um, God, you know what? Teddy Bridge has been hot recently, and I don't think they're going to have to pass all over San Francisco to beat them. So I'm going to give a slight edge to Teddy Bridge here. Slight. Yeah, I'll agree with the um, fact that uh, as good as Tampa Bay has been against the run, they're very quickly turning into a funnel defense where they give it up to wide receivers, which benefits Teddy Bridgewater, especially with DMC out. The the offense was going to sway towards the receivers anyway. It kind of matches up perfectly for Teddy Bridge, even though it is a tougher matchup in general. Yeah, let's just say I, a surprise kind of outing for Teddy Bridge, number eleven quarterback on the year. I mean, I don't I don't know about you guys, but I don't know if I would have predicted that going into the season. No, I wouldn't have. And I'll I'll add on to that that the the other thing going for Teddy is the fact you've had Robbie Anderson, you've always had DJ Moore. Well, Samuel came to play last week, and now you really have three um, you know, quality receivers that he can throw to at any time. And it seems like they've all gained his confidence. And so I, I do like Teddy here. Yep. And then just one last hit on breeze is uh, he's got Michael Thomas uh, back for a second healthy week in a row. So, you know, even though they might have to throw, you know, could be high scoring. Here we go into running backs, hot snakes. That's me. Uh, Joe Mixon at Pittsburgh. He's still questionable. He did not practice today. Uh, Cross my fingers though. I've also got Deandre Swift against Washington versus Turbo, questionable Daryl Henderson Jr. against Seattle, and Mike Davis against Tampa Bay. Well, Mike Davis is uh, – all indications are CMC is going to be out this week. Um, I think they – what the coach came out and said, yeah, he's all but out. We haven't ruled him officially out, but it's not happening. So – but, again, that Tampa Bay matchup, Mike Davis, like we talked about last week, Camara being a – talent enough to overcome the Tampa Bay defense. Mike Davis is not. Um, so I could see him being in that, you know, eight to 12 point range. Uh, yeah. Even with Mixon having the rough matchup, I think this is Swift and Mixon. Unless Henderson gets one of the three touchdown games that the Rams are, uh, that the Rams will do every once in a while. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to hedge because I don't know that Mixon will even play this week. There's word that he might sit one more week, and I don't like him against Pittsburgh at all. And that Washington front seven is actually really good. Um, and I don't think Detroit commits enough to the run to make Swift. Now, he, he is a good pass catcher, um, so he's got that going for him. I think Mike Davis, you know, counteracts that. Um so for me, it all depends on what Henderson does. Um, I give him the edge because I just – I worry about Mixon and against Pittsburgh, especially banged up. So I'm going to go uh, Henderson and Davis here. So does that change then if – if so say Mixon is out. What yep. does that change if Blake throws Taylor? Um, then based on that, I would give the edge then to Blake because – because of the upside of Taylor, even though he's had problems the last two weeks, I believe that that upside of him against um, who's he playing? Tennessee. Tennessee is not a great defense. They're a middle of the road defense. Um, 
yeah, I would give that edge there then because right now it's just Mixon is what's holding me back here. Alrighty, I just I have Mixon in there because I got to hope you know I traded for him, got it two weeks out of him, and then he got himself hurt. So receivers for myself is AJ Brown uh, against Indiana, Indianapolis. Sorry, Tyler, <laughs> Tyler, Tyler distracted me with his uh, video there. I mean, well, they are in Indiana, I, so it, it it's okay. Yeah. Oh, boo-hoo. The, the guy you traded for got hurt? You mean the guy I traded for that was hurt and then immediately got hurt again? Oh, Listen, oh Tyler, we talked about it at the time. That was built. That was baked into that risk with CMC, so I don't want to hear from you either. Not the re-injury wasn't. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> it's true. You, you, and you I, can't tell me. You can't tell a totally me different injury. Yeah. You can't tell me for one second that an ankle sprain then caused an AC joint sprain in his shoulder. No. Yeah, but I traded for a 100% healthy guy. True. Anyway, receivers. Uh, I've got A.J. Brown against Indianapolis and Keenan Allen at Miami versus Robbie Anderson uh, against Tampa Bay and Deontay Johnson against Cincinnati. So for this one, I really like – now, we already talked about Tampa Bay. Uh, Robbie Anderson could do work here. Um, Cincinnati does not have – a great defense. So the problem with Pittsburgh, we don't know if Ben's going to play or not. As of today, we we're assuming he will be. He just had close contact. He also has knee problems. Um, Keenan Allen is going to be money, even though Miami has been playing good defense. Um, and AJ Brown has come on recently and Indy plays good defense. So mercy. I'm just because I really like Keenan Allen. I'm giving it to Brown and Allen. Oh, boy, I was looking at the entirely wrong matchup. I all of a sudden was trying to figure out how you got those two out of uh, DK Metcalf and Devontae Adams, and I was getting very confused. Um, now that I am on the right matchup, yes. uh, I have no idea what you just said because I was looking at different stuff, so I might reiterate. We talked about how Teddy Bridgewater has a good matchup uh, or a decent matchup against Tampa Bay with the receivers, so Robbie Anderson is decent. If Deontay Johnson can make it through a game, he should be great. Um, yep. And I don't love A.J. Brown, who's a catch-and-run type of guy, against an indie defense that is a bend-but-don't-break defense. Um, they don't give up the big play. So I'm actually going to take Anderson and Deontay here. What, what did you take, Rob? I took, I took Brown and Allen just because I know – based on Allen, because I know he's going to get the targets. And I think he's, you know, Anderson, it could go to DJ Moore. It could go to Samuel. He's, he's splitting more than he was the first part of the year. Um, same with Johnson. He's got other people to contend with. Allen does not. Does Miami start for the third straight week with a pick six? If they do, the quarterback. if they do, then Blake has picked up the star defense of the second half of the year so far because he was you remember him bemoaning the fact that he had the charger defense and why is he hanging on to him and then he picks up Miami and plays them finally and they have been going gangbusters so if that's the case then I guess kudos to Blake Miami's uh after this week they have Denver the Jets and Cincinnati well they're going to continue that streak then <laughs> why do you think I picked him up huh. 
Um, and then just the parting, parting thing about A.J. Brown, uh, yeah, the Indy de- defense is not the best of matchups, but he's on a five-game touchdown streak, and two out of the last three games, he's at over 100 yards. I mean, he's almost, I, I, I dare say, verging on matchup proof. Yeah. I will, I, will, I will add this last thing before we move on. Um, the beginning of the year when A.J. Brown was kind of dinged up and hurt, it was uh, Janu Smith was like the tight end three or something. Janu Smith has fallen off the map, and it's because they're getting it to A.J. Brown. Alrighty, tight ends. Um, for myself, I would be playing Hayden Hurst if he wasn't on the bye this week, so I got to stick with Jared Cook against San Francisco. And then Turbo is going to have John New Smith, as you just said, against Indianapolis. There we go. <laughs> so uh, let me just say, so we've got John New Smith. Like you said, targets are going away from him, going towards A.J. Brown. Uh, and then Jared Cook, basically the same same thing. Targets might be going away from him and going to Michael Thomas now. So it's a, well, it's a battle of the uh, target-hungry tight ends. So let's go to the stat monkey. Um, who's given up more tight end catches, San Francisco or the Colts? You think I just pull these things out of my ass at your will? I, yes. yes. Well, what I will tell you, who is it, San Francisco and the Colts? Yes. Uh, I will tell you, San Francisco gives up uh, 15% of the receiving yards allowed and 18% of the targets allowed. Uh, against tight ends, and the Colts give up 16% of the receiving yards, so about the same, uh, okay. but we give up more targets to the tight end. Generally. The Colts do? Yeah, and that looks to be primarily because the Colts give up a lot less to the running back in the passing game, so the tight ends tend to take that over. It is a cover two scheme, so that makes sense that the tight ends yeah. will drive a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, in a bad matchup, just based on that, uh, the other one is the San Francisco only gives up one quarter of a touchdown per game to the tight end. So one touchdown every four games. Indy gives up a touchdown every two games to the tight end. So I will take Johnny Smith. Um, I'm going to have to, too, based on Stat Monkey's analysis. Uh, so for all intents and purposes, you did pull that out of your ass. So thank you. Yeah, very I good. I absolutely did. I actually realized that I had a uh, tab up on my computer that had all that information on it. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why we throw it to you, buddy. I mean, yep. monkey. Uh, moving right. into the flex, uh, I have T. Higgins at Pittsburgh versus Turbo's uh, Justin Jefferson at Chicago. Rob, you made me spit on my fucking laptop screen with that. <laughs> Sorry. When I said Pittsburgh, I went shotgun mode yeah um you know both these defenses are very good against the pass um wow i'm gonna give an edge to jefferson um i am gonna go higgins here well there Um, you go by Quite a bit. Again, I don't think they're going to be able to get the run game going, so I think they're going to lean on the pass game. Pittsburgh gives up more to the wide receivers than normal. Um, But I will say both of these uh, managers are playing the exact perfect player in their flex uh, for what they're doing. Blake has a high baseline, a little bit of limited ceiling player, uh, and he's favored by quite a bit. 
Turbo is going balls to the wall. You know, uh, Justin Jefferson could have 200 yards and three touchdowns, or he could put up 30 yards. So yep. both of these guys are playing the exact perfect player. Yep, I agree. All right, so we touched on the defenses earlier, so we're going to skip over those. Uh, as far as benches go, you guys talked about Jonathan Taylor and Joe Mixon mix. The only flex thing I was thinking about instead of Higgins, I'm torn between him and Chark, especially with Chark's performance last week with the rookie quarterback, Luton. That's the only thing I'm thinking about there. Um, yeah. And that's just not – that's not something I think you can disregard. Um the thing is there, and we'll get to it later, I think Robinson is going to have a really good game against Green Bay. Their run defense is really bad. And I think they're going to lean on that, whereas uh, last week they were able to – who did they play Houston? They opened it up a little bit more. Um, so I, I anticipate Robinson seeing the work there. Take that for what you will. I don't feel super yeah. thing to keep Shark on the bench. I mean, I would, I would feel, I feel a little bit better uh, than Tyler does because I do not think that the Jacksonville defense poses any kind of threat for Green Bay. And I think if Jacksonville wants to be in that game, they're going to have to throw the ball. And the new quarterback already showed that he wants to go to Chark. So I would give that serious consideration, especially when you've got a, yeah. In that matchup, instead of going against uh, Pittsburgh, I, I would favor that myself. All right, and then for Turbo's bench, the only thing I'm seeing here uh, due to buys and whatnot is the return of Tyler Higby to healthy status. Do you put him instead of John o. Smith? I'll, honestly, I don't see anything else that you would work no. with. I, I would not do that, no. All right, so let's go Tyler. Who are you taking here? I mean – I have to take Blake here. Even again, I called the uh, wide receivers for Turbo, but it was really close. Um, I called tight end for Turbo, but it was really close. At, at the end of the day, Turbo Turbo is playing the lineup he needs to pull off an upset, but it would still be an upset. Is the kind of way I'm taking it. So I'm taking uh, six. Rob. I'm taking the snakes because I don't believe he'll play Mixon. I believe he'll play Taylor. I don't believe he'll play Higgins. I believe he will play Chark. And I believe that lineup beats Turbo easy. Give me the snakes. I'll take myself as well. All right. Next matchup is going to be touching on my pants at five and four versus the four and five fantasy Reapers. Currently, the Reapers are favored by 26. Mm. Uh, and the uh, pants are going to have... Oh. And with an empty bench slot, because I need yeah. to do maneuvering later this week once injury designation. Yeah. And, and he's got a buy in the flex. Correct. So uh, currently, yeah. uh, we've, we're, we're cooking with Russ uh, at the Rams for the pants versus Josh Allen at Arizona. I mean... Wow. Um, Josh Allen has come back to life here the last few weeks. Um, Arizona's been playing decent defense, but I do like Josh Allen this week. And Russell's been Russell, uh, except last week. So is that 
you know, they're on two different uh, trajectories right now. Um, Even, even with Russell having what would be considered an off game last week, he was still 45 fantasy points. Yeah. I, I, I can't go against Russ. Number one quarterback, give, give it to Russ, but, Allen's going to do very well. 100% agree. All righty. Running back for pants. They are Chase Edmonds against Buffalo and Jarek McKinnon at New Orleans versus Tyler's James Robinson at Green Bay in an empty running back slot. That will very likely be Nick Chubb versus Houston. Okay. So based on that, if Nick Chubb plays against Houston, Houston's defense has been nothing. And if Chubb's cleared and he's fine, I like Chubb there. Robinson against Green Bay. Green Bay can't stop anybody running, so I like Robinson. Edmonds, I don't like because um, Drake practiced today, and he'll probably be back. And at at the very worst, he's going to at least get half the carries um, as they ease him back in. And Jerick McKinnon, we know San Francisco. Fine, Mostert's not going to play. We've already heard that, but you just don't know who's going to be the guy in San Francisco. I've got to go Robinson and and Chubb here. Yeah. I mean, I think the only thing that would flip it here, um, even if Chubb doesn't play and I have to play, uh, I mean, at that point it would be either JK Dobbins or Damian Harris. The only thing that could flip it is McKinnon putting up, you know, three scores and 125 yards. Right. On seven carries. Right. Alrighty, receivers for the pants. Adam Thielen at Chicago and Marvin Jones against Washington versus Terry McLaurin at Detroit and Stephon Diggs at Arizona. All right, so for I love McLaurin against Detroit um, a lot. Even with um, uh, Alex Smith at quarterback, he still showed that he would go to McLaurin. Uh, I mean, he knows a stud. Diggs against Arizona, I think he'll be fine. Um, he plays in the middle of the field a lot, and um, I don't see them being able to cover that. Marvin Jones, he had such an opportunity. I think he's still going to be the, quote, number one guy because I don't think Holiday plays this week. I don't think he comes back till next week. But Jones just is not – he's not a number one, and I hate Thielen against Chicago. So, McLaurin and Diggs. Yeah, I agree. Thielen has a really, really bad matchup against uh, the Bears' defense here. Um, And, yeah, McLaurin's great. The only concern I have with Diggs is he could get the Patrick Patterson – Patterson? Peterson? Peterson. Peterson treatment. Um, And I don't know. I'm just really starting to not – care as much about shadowing corners because I think uh, what Tredavious White was on DK Metcalf uh, a a bunch last week. Right. Well, no, he didn't murder him. Uh, Tredavious White White really shut him down, but he had like seven for 84 and a touch when he was not against Tredavious White. So I think offenses are getting good enough where they're able to get their receivers away from isolation on those lockdown corners. And um, I think this Bill's offense is smart enough to do that as well. So I'm taking the corner and digs easy. All right. So let's talk about Marvin Jones for a second there. He, the last three weeks and Galladay has been out what the last two, he went out, he went out two games ago and was fully out last week. 
Right. He went out in the middle of the one week, two weeks ago. And of week out. eight, and then he was all yeah. – he, he was out all of week nine. So, yeah. in the last three weeks, ah. Marvin Jones has averaged 14 points per game. Uh, in the last two, he's got a, he got a touchdown, two touchdowns last week or the week prior, and then one touchdown last week, and that's th- uh, three catches in the last two weeks. I mean, you got to see that that's, that's a decent average for a receiver that everybody's down on. Do you think that that – that he keeps up that average of call it 14 points. And does that swing the wide receiver matchup? Even if he does keep I mean, up that average, I don't think it's particularly close. I I'm basing mine, my analysis off the fact that he will keep up that average of getting mid teens. It doesn't matter. Okay. I see. I, I didn't know where you were coming from. Cause a lot of times, and we've been guilty of it too, over the last couple of years of, Oh, it's Marvin Jones. He's not a true number one. He can't handle the workload, and so he's going to get you know five points as the number one. But oh, he's no. actually done pretty well over the last few weeks. I didn't know if we were factoring well, in that pretty, that relatively no, good four for a receiver. I mean, fourteen is seven for seventy, and that won't win this matchup. Well, and it's not even that Marvin Jones last two weeks has only had three receptions each of the last two weeks. He's touchdown. He's, he's been very touchdown dependent, but he's also gotten the touchdowns. Right, but it he, adds. It adds volatility into his uh, into his scoring. Yeah, he he could Marvin Jones could have his classic Marvin Jones week where he scores four touchdowns and has two hundred yards. He has like two of them a year, maybe one. He right. could definitely do that, but he's volatile and he's touchdown dependent. He's not going to get it with yards. He's not going to have seven for seventy most likely. He's going to have three for thirty nine or three for forty three like he has the last two weeks. And you hope that one right. of those catches on the goal line. Right, and if it's not, then he has six or seven points. If that, yeah. Right. All right, let's move it to tight end. So, Pants is going to have Rob Gronkowski at Carolina versus the Reapers, Hawkinson against Washington. Mm, I like Hawk here. I, that's all I'm going to say. I like Hawk. I like Hawk here, too, but the matchup makes it closer than you would go by just name, I think. Yeah, I mean, Gronk looked awful last uh, last week. Of course, all of Tampa Bay's offense looked awful last week. But Gronk dropped passes, just did not as, – as good as he looked the prior four weeks, he looked as bad as he did the beginning of the year last week. And Hawkinson has really turned into a consistent fantasy tight end. He's not going to – he's not going to be the weak win. He's never – well, not this year. He's never going to be Travis Kelsey. I'm still holding out, but mainly because he's on our dynasty team. But uh, he's not going to be a weak winner this year, but he's going to get you 10 points to 15 points, and you're going to be right. solid. And he's tight end four on the year. Yep. All righty, so let's go to flex for the pants. They currently have Amari Cooper in there who's on a bye. So let's run through – their options are as follows. Miles Sanders, I think he practiced today uh, or was limited today. Mike Gusecki, Devontae Parker, uh, Nikhil Harry, who's questionable, Randall Cobb, who's actually not a terrible choice personally. Uh, Boston Scott, in case that Miles Sanders doesn't work out. And that's what we're looking at for Pants' flex spot. Well, I hate to I hate to give my opponent uh, – good information but to me this is easy you're starting whatever eagles running back is playing if sanders is playing you're starting him if not you're starting boston scott and you're happy with it 
Yep. Um, yeah, that, that's easy to me. So let's yep. just say Eagles running back is the flex person. All righty. So the Eagles running back versus Allen Robinson against Minnesota for the Reapers. Hey, Rob. Easy. Really? Yes. Minnesota is not stopping anything pass-wise. And Allen Robinson is the guy. So, yes, give me A-Rob. Boy, I think I think the uh, Chicago-Minnesota matchup could yeah. be one of those that um, has a very low um, plays run because both teams – wow, that sounded directly in my brainstem as well. I tried to I, – I held it so far away from my microphone. I put mine under my desk when I did it. Um, but I think the Chicago and Minnesota matchup could have a low amount of plays run, which obviously doesn't bode well for pass catchers because you have less opportunities just because both teams are going to try to run the damn ball. Right. I'm going to take, I'm going to take the Eagles running back here in the flex matchup. All right. All right. So Rob, who are you taking overall in this matchup? We haven't done benches yet. I mean, we kind of talked about Pants' bench. And we talked about your running back. I mean, so who are you thinking about yeah. replacing up from your bench? What's that? Ch- I mean, Charles we talked about we talked about Pants' bench already. So who are you thinking about replacing from your bench? Like, who's um, your questions? Well, I am toying with sitting Robinson just because I'm not super high on him this week. But I don't have uh, – Again, DJ Moore is super volatile, but could have a big game. Jalen Rager coming off of IR could have a big game, but probably not going to do anything there. Um, And then really, it's just going to come down to, I don't know if I'm going to have Chubb. And if I don't have Chubb, am I playing Dobbins or Harris? And Dobbins. Oh, that's not going to be a fun choice for me. Yeah. All right. All right, so Rob, tell me who you taking. Reapers. Tyler. Um. Yeah. I don't think that Pants has any upside outside of a you know crazy Marvin Jones game in his running back or receiver matchups. So I think this. Yeah, I think it's got to be me. So I'm going to go a little bit contrary here, looking at uh, the Panthers bench and stuff. I think that they could filter out in the event that Drake plays and Chase Edmonds doesn't get as much. Uh, You put that Eagles running back in that RB1 spot. And then in your flex, you look at Devontae Parker. Mm. Devontae Parker against the Chargers. He came off a decent week last week. You know, maybe that Dolphins defense gets something together. And, and also kind of fuck it. Why not? I, so we can't agree all the time. So I'm going to go right. pass. Man, if they got an opening record after all. If you go 5-0 on this pick next week, um, I'm going to bow down to you. I was going to say, that's that's the talk of a man who is leading in the picks. Yeah. <laughs> that's a competent man. And some might say it's for a reason. Not me. I don't say that kind of stuff. But, you know, right. it might be true. All right. Um, <laughs> The term, yet Savant has been thrown around. All right. 
Only by one uh, stat monkey has that ball been thrown. But speaking of a monkey, we're going to go into the monkeys versus Scary Terry. Monkeys are seven and two. I believe they're the leading record in the league. Yeah. Versus the five and four Scary Terry. Uh, currently, there is no favorite according to ESPN. This is a fifty percent chance win probability either way. The monkeys are going to go with Jared Goff against Seattle, and the Terry is going to have Justin Herbert at Miami. Well, I'll tell you what, we talked a couple of weeks ago about how Justin Herbert could very well be the fantasy MVP this year with how mm-hmm. he's just come in and balled out. He he hasn't slowed down since we talked about I mean, he's slowed down a little bit, which means he's now averaging 35 points a game. Um, oh, just, yeah, I mean, this is easy, but this is easy, Herbert, but Goff does have Seattle. Uh and this could be one where Herbert wins 52 points to 48. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go golf because I actually think that the Miami defense uh, is playing very well. Um, I think he's going to throw for a lot of yards, but I think he's going to get more interceptions than golf. Give me golf. Yeah, I don't think you can stop Herbert, although that, that defense does throw throw a wrench into those old Herbert gears. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that was, so don't ask me. Running back for the Monkeys are going to be Alvin Kamara against San Francisco and Karim Hunt against Houston with a potential Nick Chubb returning. Scary Terry's going to have Melvin Gordon at Vegas and Josh Jacobs against Denver. Okay, so I don't, I don't uh, worry at all about Kareem Hunt with um, Chubb returning, just because he didn't really see a volume increase when he went out. Surprisingly, um, so I, I, I'm not changing my analysis based on Chubb coming back. Um, man, Melvin Gordon's been tough to watch play and tough to rely on in fantasy this year. So I don't know. Give me, I mean, I'm going to rely completely on Kamara here. Yeah, I'm going to agree. Give me Kamara and Hunt. I think even with uh, Chubb coming back, I think they do better than Gordon and Jacobs as a, as a combo. Yeah, I do, I do just kind of, you know, remark here. We have Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are like the, the receiver and the pounding guy for that backfield. And then on the other side, we've got Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay, who also kind of play those same kind of roles. So, I think um, maybe we should use other terms other than the receiver and the pounding guy when we're talking about two running backs in the same backfield. Nope. Nope. The receiver good. and the pounder. Love it. Pitcher I'm, I'm gonna die. I'm, I'm gonna die on that hill. <laughs> nice. The monkeys receivers are gonna be. Uh, these are the receivers, not the pounders, mind you. Um, Robert Woods against Seattle and Brandon Cooks at Cleveland versus Terry's Brandon Ayuk at New Orleans and Tyler Boyd at Pittsburgh. Oh my. Um, I like Woods against Seattle. Um, Brandon Cooks. Yeah. Has been coming on lately. Uh, I don't know. 
Cleveland's more of a run stopper than a pass stopper. God, what is Pittsburgh? Who knows? Ah, shoot. Give me Woods and Cooks. I hate to say it. And so he's, you're telling me that he's a receiver and he's been coming on lately? <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. Um, we talked <laughs> earlier about Pittsburgh against wide receivers and how that's actually a decent place to uh, beat Pittsburgh. One thing I will say in favor of Ayuk here is New Orleans hasn't given up like the targets to receivers, but receivers have been super efficient about against them. And that's what Ayuk does. I mean, Ayuk, you know, has been, excuse me, 15 to 20 yards a reception, right? Yeah. So if you give me a super efficient receiver, against a uh, defense that allows super efficient receivers. I see big play potential. Um, Woods and Cooks is safer, but I'm going to go Ayuk and Boyd, actually. All right. So tight end for Monkeys is going to be a questionable. We talked about him at the beginning of the show, Noah Fant, uh, at, the, at the Raiders versus Evan Ingram. Who, has he been quiet this year, or is he meeting expectations? He's been quiet. Quiet. Yeah, I, I, I think we were kind of mixed on him coming into this year. So I just we all we haven't talked about, like I know years prior we've talked about him. You know, every week. Oh, it's Evan Ingram. Uh, he's going to get what he's going to get every week. But I just feel like he's been a non-factor this year. I mean, well, he has been yeah. better the last three weeks. You know, in the ten to teens, but not great. In a bad year for tight ends. He's tight end 11. And that yeah. tells you – I mean, you and, you expected him to be at a minimum tight end six. Well, look at the receivers he lost throughout the year. Or, or I should just say playmakers on offense. You'd think he would have been a focal point, and he really didn't change a whole lot. Right. I, mean, I And I think that speaks more towards the way that the Giants as an organization are kind of running, which honestly is a little surprising with Jason Garrett there as, uh, as OC and the tight ends not becoming a focal point. I don't know. You just – it just feels well, weird that we haven't talked about him at all this year. He and I mean to finish all this out, he's playing Philly this week. To get back to your point about Jason Garrett, what Jason Garrett has never done is send tight ends down the seat. Right. That's why we were talking about Jarwin being the breakout candidate this year, and Schultz ended up being because they actually use tight ends in different ways other than running a flat or running an out or running a curl. What's Ingram good at? Running out, athleticing linebacker. Is that a real word? Athleticing. Athletic. more athletic. Than I like it. And Garrett's just not putting him in a position to succeed, which we saw for the last fucking decade in Dallas. Um, so I guess we kind of went off on a Evan Ingram <laughs> ch- tangent there. So. Between Evan Ingram and Noah Fan, who is questionable, who are you guys taking here? Ingram because Fan's questionable. Ingram because I, I'm i not super confident about fans, and I think uh, Monkeys might have to make a roster move Sunday morning. Uh, yeah. yeah. If, if Fant is inactive, they've got George Kittle on IR. Which well, that means... obviously doesn't help them, now does it? No, which means, Tyler, I was going into further things – 
which means since uh, he's already he's got to have both of his IR slots occupied by players, he's going to have to make a drop and make a tight end pickup, uh, which is not ideal for a team in the lead right now. So moving into the flex for Monkeys yeah. is going to be Jarvis Landry against Houston, and for Terry is going to be Cooper Cup questionable against Seattle. I'm sorry. I'm just looking quick before we move on. I was just going to look to see. Oh, my computer is not going to load. I was just going to say. I wonder if uh, monkeys could wait as long as possible. You know, wait until the Sunday night game. If even if you have a Monday night guy, maybe wait until Monday night and just see who's playing. And uh, you might be able to make a late addition there. Just you know, when you see whether you're winning or losing or whatever, but uh, he would obviously have to have somebody to – he has a Sunday night player in Gus Edwards that he could drop um, or he could move Sony Michelle out of his IR, but he, he could finagle it to a point where he could win sure. and see whether he's winning by a lot. All right, Blake, to your flex question. These guys are like almost the same player, except one's better than the other. We're talking good matchups. Landry against Houston, Cup against Seattle. Both bad pass defenses. Landry plays slot. Cooper Cup plays slot. So uh, the the questionable tag for Cup, it's a risk thing, but they think he'll be fine. I'm going to give the edge to Cup here. I am too. Cup has been, um, to use your term, coming on lately. Um. Last game against Miami, we've been talking about as a good defense, 11 for 110. Um, and with 20 targets. Yeah. 20. I don't care who you are. If you're getting 20 targets, you need to be in a lineup and you're going to be favored. So give me cup. Yep. All right. So I'm going to mention or talk at the monkeys tight end options here. So at the same time, uh, time so at that 325 games that his uh, uh, Noah fans can be playing, he's also got the options in free agents as in Greg Olson and Irv Smith. Irv mm-hmm. Smith has had kind of some big weeks recently over the last four or five weeks. And Greg Olson, I mean, he's in a Seattle offense that might have to throw against the Rams, uh, who's also not, I mean, he's done pretty awful. But that's <laughs> your two options for your afternoon games on Sunday are Greg Olson or Irv Smith. Yeah, Tyler. And not great. What I will say is Irv Smith has the Bears, and the main way to beat the Bears this year has been with the tight end spot. So Irv Smith could very well be the play. Yep. Yep, and unless you guys got anything else to talk about this trash fire that is the monkey's bench, I think we can move into Rob telling me about Terry's bench. I'm looking. I mean, we talked about Samuel earlier when we talked about uh, Carolina. If Cup's injury becomes an actual thing, I guess maybe you do that, but I wouldn't. Um no, I don't see anything I do different. All right, so Rob, why don't you take me who or tell me who's going to take it? Why do I have to go first? Because you were already talking. All right, just based on the fact that I think Goff could do better, and I like Kamara and Hunt a lot better, and we assume he's going to put another tight end in there. I'm going to go monkeys like by three. 
Tyler? I think you need to pick not last, considering you're in first. But I'm the host. <laughs> yeah, you need to pick not I threw myself as not last, but I was a good host. You're right. I'll take Monkeys as well. I'm going to take Terry. Oh, God. We're either going to catch up this week or he's going to just kill us. Nope. I really liked I really liked the Herbert. Uh, I, I envisioned a big game for my youth this week. Um, and I, I, I just like tight ends against Philly. So that, that's that's my reasoning right there. All right. Yeah, it's, it's definitely it's definitely super close. It is. No, it, yes, it's, it's not a it's not a hands down matchup by any means. So our next one's going to be the two and seven fighting hedgehogs against the six and three kegerator. Uh, just because I know, because I'm tied with him, kegerator and I are tied for first place in the division. So it's for our matchups this week are for first place in the division. Woo! Fucking weenie hut junior division over there. Not my <laughs> fault. The division sucks at drafting. So the hedgehogs are going to have. There you go, guys. I called you out publicly. So fucking fix yourself. Fix yourself next year. Wow. Um, I'm ready for the hate mail. Fighting Hedgehogs are going to have Deshaun Watson at Cleveland versus Kegerator's Kyler Murray against Buffalo. Wow. I mean, two top five quarterbacks in fantasy. Um, I can't really tell you who has the edge. I'm going to say I think Kyler is going to is really coming on and is going to have to keep up with Buffalo. Um, so give me Kyler instead of Watson. I see we've uh, hitched our trailer to coming on for as the <laughs> phrase of this episode. <laughs> I didn't even realize I said it. <laughs> um, give me Kyler here. All right, running running backs for the Fighting Hedgehogs, Philip Lindsay at Vegas and Justin Jackson at Miami versus Kegerators, David Montgomery against Minnesota. He's questionable. And Kisses at Detroit. Super easy. It's David Montgomery and J.D. McKissick. Justin Jackson uh, is the lead guy, but he uh, – he, what is he coming off of? Um, he's leaning towards – rest. Uh, the coach is leaning towards resting Jackson. So there's a solid chance he doesn't play. Uh, Philip Lindsay is in a solid timeshare, and he's touchdown and volume dependent. This is super easy, Montgomery McKissick. Yep, agreed. Uh, Montgomery, even with the questionable tag, he has some money to get healthy. And Kisses, uh, we already talked about how Gibson has got a shoulder injury in the beginning of the podcast. And if for some reason he doesn't play, oh, my God, Kisses is a top 15 play easy. So, yeah, I'm with you. I believe, uh, I believe J.D. McKissick had 14 targets last week. Yeah. All right, so running uh, – running wide receivers. Uh, the Hedgehogs has a on-by Tyreek Hill. We know he doesn't set his lineup until after Wednesday. So we're looking at A.J. Green, Henry Ruggs. Those are the options. Yes, there Ruggs. Um, Ruggs, probably. Probably Ruggs because I don't trust A.J. Green. So Ruggs and Will Fuller at Cleveland versus DeAndre Hopkins and Chris Godwin. That's against Buffalo and at Carolina for Keg Raider. I mean, that's easy. Give me Hopkins yeah. and Godwin. I'm uh, I'm realizing why this team is two and seven. <laughs> <laughs> All 
righty. So tight end, we have Mark Mark Andrews at New Orleans. Damn, Mark Andrews at New England for the high Hedgehogs. The high Hedgehogs. I'm gonna kill myself. Tigerator. <laughs> uh, it's Austin Hooper against Houston. You know what? I think this is a get-right game for Mark Andrews. Um, Hooper hasn't done crap with Cleveland, and there's been some tight ends there that have emerged. Um, give me Andrews. Yeah, and we always talk about what New England's going to take away. I think what they're going to try to take away from Lamar is running. I think they're going to say, no, we're going to put a guy in spy, and then we're going to play cover two and have guys all over the field that are going to be around you, which should open things up a little bit for Andrews. So, But I like Hooper rest of the season as well. All righty. Sorry. Um, so let's move into the bench for the no, pitch Tyler, what do you got? Flex. Oh, I forgot. We talked about it. not the flex yet. Why do I always I always I always either miss the tight end or I miss the flex spot. Right. I don't know why I miss either one of those because they're pretty fucking important. So Chase Claypool against Cleveland is the flex for the fighting hedgehogs, and Leonard Fournette at Carolina is in the flex for the Kegerator. Hmm. Tyler, I don't know how I feel about this. Well, I'll tell you how I feel is right. I would not be playing Leonard Fournette here. I would be playing uh, somebody who is coming on, who is Christian Kirk. Um, he has become the guy, uh, the big play guy for Kyler. Uh, five touchdowns in the last three games played to go yeah. along with uh, 12 receptions for like 225 or 250 yards, like averaging 27 and a half or 28 points a game. I, I think you got to stay in the flames. It's been three straight great games for Christian Kirk. I'd be playing him and I would take Christian Kirk here, but as it stands right now, probably Claypool, but I'm not confident about it. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I would go Claypool just because based on the potential, you know, where he could take something in the house, where he can get a, you know, a little sweep run for a touchdown and, and whatever. Um, you put Kirk in there and you even that matchup, you know, in my estimation. Uh, Fournette's a floor maybe play, but Kirk is shooting for it and – if you're already got the win probability on your side, I would shoot for it. And I, I, yeah, I agree. I would put Kirk here. So the only thing I want to say about Fournette there is that we all know how terrible the Buccaneers were last week on offense in general. Yes. Um, Fournette still came out of that with four catches or six catches for 41 yards and 10 points. I mean, yeah. in a terrible offensive game overall, he still came out with a you know, below average play, but 10 points is 10 points. No, that's why I say he's the floor. You know, if you're being safe, if, 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 if if Kegerator is looking at this, like I'm leading, I don't want to screw this up. Then I guess he plays Fournette, but you can also look at, look at it. Like I'm leading, let's really blow this guy out and step on his throat. Then you want to play Kirk. Well, that's, that's fine if you say that Fournette is the floor play, but you're saying his floor is 10 points, right? 
Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Since since Christian Kirk came back from injury, he missed week three. From week four to week nine, he has had exactly zero games of less than ten points. Well, there you go. You you have a capped ceiling with Fournette that you don't have with Kirk, and the floors, at least the last whatever six weeks, have been similar. Uh, Granted, Fournette's the pass catching back in that backfield, which if you would have told me that that he was going to be a pass catching back two years ago. Um, but no, I mean, I just don't think the ceiling's there unless the only way the ceiling's there is if Rojo fumbles again, gets in Bruce Arians doghouse. And now Fournette is the guy, but right. otherwise you, the more I look at it, the more you have to start Christian Kirk. You have to. All right. So <clears throat> are we seeing anything on the hedgehogs bench? I mean, we're a two and seven team sitting here. We talked about uh, filtering in that receiver, and that's not a great situation that we're all looking at here. What else are we seeing? Are we going to make uh, waiver wire moves? Like, how do we how do we write this ship? Where can we? <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't think there's other than the uh, rugs obvious move off the bench. I don't see anything you can do different. I mean, if Carson's back, you're playing him clearly. Oh yeah, sure. Um, yeah, word word out this week is he may sit one more. All right, and then are there, is there anything else to talk about from Kegerator's side? I mean, we yeah, other than the Christian Kirk. Kirk debacle. Yeah. All right, so let's let's call it, uh, Rob. I mean, even with the terrible Fournette play, um, I'm going to take Kegerator, but I think he gets smart and isn't an complete idiot and plays Kirk. Uh, and then he really wins. So K grader. Yep. Yeah. I, I really want him to lose, but it's going to be <laughs> K grader. Um, before we move into our next matchup, we actually have a question Ooh, from okay. K grader himself. What'd he say? Um, he's asking, is it time to hang up on Zeke? Is there a chance that he pulls his head out of his ass or the Cowboys pull their head? Collective heads out of their ass. Um, he's saying it's hard to take your number two pick overall in the draft and sit him, especially when he's healthy. Uh, and you don't want to get caught when he's got that 25-point game. So what are we feeling here? Tyler, go first. Yes. Suck it, Rob. Um, no, I mean, we, we talked about it earlier. He was my high guy. If you can sell him based on name alone, do it. Do I mean – Granted, K Grader has both David Montgomery and Zeke. I would sell David Montgomery for Zeke straight up if I had Zeke. Um, so yeah, I yes. To answer your question, yes, it is time to hang it up on Zeke until he proves otherwise. Uh, and again, if you can find anybody to sell high that will bite on the name, do it. Rob, go ahead. All right. There's a report out of Dallas. Or I should say not a report. There was a story out of Dallas that said, is it time to start Pollard over Zeke? You know when the Dallas media is starting to put that out there? And and the whole story is like, Zeke's lost a step. He can't hit the hole like he used to. When he takes that first hesitation step, which he used to, he could burst the hole and he can't. You saw Pollard last week get half the carries that Zeke got and get more yards than Zeke got against Pittsburgh. 
there is a call already starting right now to play Pollard the rest of the year more than Zeke. So, yes, completely agree with Tyler. If you can trade him get and get something, get a middling running back, do it. Otherwise, if you've got something better on your bench or at least more potential, I would do it in a heartbeat because I do not believe in, in Zeke the rest of the year. Yeah. All right, Tyler, one last before we move on to the next to the last matchup. Yeah. Um while I I don't dis or I don't agree with that uh notion that Zeke has lost his step or that he's not hitting the hole as much. Every excuse me, we've talked about how that old line has been in shambles all year. Every time Terrence Steele hasn't missed, just whiffed on a guy, Zeke has broken free. The, the problem is, is you're missing both your tackles and your stud center from last year. Every is literally he's relying on Zach Martin to break him free. And Pollard has never like learned to live without an offensive line. So he's more attuned. Like his running style is more ready for that. Whereas Zeke is like, yeah, go ahead. No, no, you're 100% right. The, the story that I was alluding to was saying that because of the way the offensive line is right now, Pollard fits it better because he has a wiggle burst that gets through that hole quicker than Zeke can get it the way he runs. And because this line is not good, they should play – what the story was saying is they should play Pollard the rest of the year because he actually will – he's averaged almost six yards a carry this entire season where Zeke is like barely at four. So, yeah. yes, nobody with a good offensive line, Zeke would be doing fine. But because of the way that, that Pollard runs with the little wiggle to his step, he can get through there a little quicker than Zeke can right now. Yeah, nobody's saying that Zeke is better or Zeke is worse than Pollard. No, nobody. No, 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 no. They're just saying that with what we got, it might be time to feature Pollard. Right. So, in conclusion, uh, from a fantasy standpoint, I think you do hang up the Zeke cloak yes. and you kind of you try to move on if you can trade you trade otherwise i think you kind of have to feel comfortable in having him on your bench i mean it's just not looking good this season and getting so our our last matchup is going to be whitefish at four and five versus the monty fantasy team also at four and five but there is oh. a 20 point differential whitefish is favored by 20 at 160 versus 140 this week i think this is one of our highest projection points Whitefish is going to have that newly acquired Lamar Jackson at New England versus Monty's Derek Carr against Denver. Boy, this is a tough one. Um, This one's going to come down to whether you believe that Lamar is going to right the ship this week. Honestly, if I'm Whitefish, I'm playing Brady over Lamar until I – see it or until Lamar gets into a better matchup. Like I said, I'm under the impression that they're going to try to take away Lamar's running. Give me Carr as it stands, but it's really, it's close as it is, and if Rob plays Brady, it doesn't become close. I'm going to go the opposite. I think Lamar it does great this week. Uh, New England just gave up a lot of fantasy points to one Joe Flacco. And the Jets, um, New England has a lot of injuries on defense. 
and they play a lot of primarily man-to-man, which uh, will really help Lamar in that running game. They do not play a lot of zone this year. Um, so I think Lamar has the edge here. All righty, running backs for COI Fish is James Conner against Cincinnati and Derrick Henry against Indianapolis versus Monty Fantasy Team's entire team, Dalvin Cook <laughs> at Chicago and Aaron Jones supposedly fully healthy uh, against Jacksonville. I mean, we have been saying it all year. You can't bet against Cook and Jones if they're still in there. You can't. It's There's potential for this to be closer than you would think. I, I'm going to agree because Cook is going up against Chicago, which is really good defense. Connor's going against Cincinnati. I mean, he was going against Dallas last week, who was terrible and didn't do beans. But Cincinnati's not good against the run. The Colts are pretty decent, but it's Derrick Henry. And Jones against Jacksonville. Jacksonville's not great either. So, yeah, I mean, it's close. I got to go Cook and Jones also. Don't, no, it's not close. It's closer than you'd think. I, I think it's Cook and Jones fairly handedly still, but it's not going to be a super blowout. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. <clears throat> All right, Whitefish receivers are Devontae Adams against Jacksonville and DK Metcalf at the Rams versus Monty's Mike Evans at Carolina and Tyler Lockett at the Rams as well. Wow. Uh, easy. Adams, Metcalf. Even if Metcalf gets the Ramsey treatment most of the game, he'll get four for – you know, 70 yards and salvage his day. It's those two. Yeah, I have to agree, especially with uh, Adams against Jacksonville. There's nobody that can – I mean, is is Adams going to get another 150? I mean, probably. So, yeah, give me those two. So, uh, question for you guys. What was the deal with the Arizona game with DK Metcalf? Because that's Patrick Peterson. Who's a better corner, Patrick Peterson or Jalen Ramsey? Does – Metcalf gets shut out down to a four-point game again. Well, or does is Ramsey better? Uh, I mean, we're not. I mean, well, what happened with the yard, What happened was a forty-eight-yard touch guy taken away due to offensive holding. And okay, but even even with that touchdown, that's only three catches. And then yes, he gets a long touchdown. But in the two well, games since then. That's 12 catches for 161 and seven for 108. I mean, three for 70 and a 48 yard touchdown is nothing to sneeze at. I mean, that's still height. That's like 18 points. I mean, that's fine. Right. And we, we, all we need to do is look across the field and see that Arizona's entire game plan was to take away Metcalf, considering Tyler Lockett finished with 15 for 203 touchdowns. Right. Right. So, Literally, all Arizona tried to do the entire game was say, hey, DK Metcalf, you're not going to beat us. You're and they failed once, and it got brought back. And right. so, no, I, I don't – unless the Rams say our entire defense is dedicated to DK Metcalf, they'll be fine enough to buoy yeah. Devontae Adams to victory. Okay. So, tight end for COI Fish is going to be Darren Waller against Denver. Versus the fantasy teams, Jimmy Graham against Minnesota. Ugh. I mean, it's Waller, but who knows? Jimmy Graham could have seven touchdowns because that's all the Bears go to in the red zone. 
They don't want to throw to Allen Robinson at all because he's on my team. <laughs> they just go to Jimmy Graham every goddamn week. Right. Yeah. Waller's got the uh, – will out-catch him and probably out-yard him. But Waller could get like six for 67, and Graham could get three for 34 and a touchdown and outscore him. So I, I'll give it to Waller, but, you know, it'll probably be close. All right, so Weissbish's flex position is a fully healthy Michael Thomas against San Francisco, so that makes me want to uh, consider Seppuku. Uh, <laughs> versus the Monty's Antonio Brown at Carolina, which a report came out today that Arian said he wants to focus on Antonio Brown getting less snaps going forward. Yeah, that doesn't um, sound great, does it? Yeah, also, Michael Thomas is not fully healthy. He was limited today, but with both the ankle and the hamstring. Um, but yeah, give me give me Thomas. He's the number one in that offense. There are, are still as much as I don't think that the the receivers in Tampa Bay will cannibalize each other, there still is a lot of mouths to feed, which will bring down the ceilings for everybody, maybe not the floors. So right. Yeah, I agree. All right, so do we care about the Eagles defense at the Giants or the Saints against San Francisco? I mean, they're both good options this week. Yep. All right, so, Rob, tell me about your bench. You think about anything? You got any quandaries? I mean, not really. I mean, no, I have nothing. All right, Tyler, tell me about the Monty Fantasy team. Boy, there's not a lot on that bench either. If if John Brown doesn't play, I'm finding a way. I'm probably playing Cole Beasley over Antonio Brown because Beasley in the games that Brown didn't play, I would love if my computer would open that up. Will somebody give me those those games? Be-doop, be-doop, uh, be-doop. That um, was me. Yeah, Beasley in the game uh, where Brown didn't play, I think he was 6 for 53, 4 for 45 in a touch, and then 11 for 112. Yeah. So Decent points. Yeah, he's a solid option if Brown doesn't play. So I would take him. All right. So let's see. To appease Tyler, I'm going to take Whitefish in this matchup. Rob, who you take? I mean, I'm going to take me. He's got a a few coins in that Tampa Bay basket there, playing both Evans and Brown. Um, I don't know that. You can support both of them, so I, I, I guess I'll go me. All right, Tyler. I really want to go Monty. Um, Do it purely because a Rob is betting on himself, which means he's oh, going. I'm going to switch it. I mean, it all comes down to whether Cook actually gets bottled up by Chicago, right? Chicago. If he doesn't actually get bottled up, then this entire matchup changes. Right. You know what? Just for funsies, I'm going to go Monty. There we go. All right. Um, I'm switching any, to Monty. No, any final parting words? Like, I'm switching to Monty. No, you're not. It's not on the spreadsheet. You can't do it. I'm doing it. I'm betting against myself. I hate me. Are you actually – do you actually want to do that? Yes. All right. Then I am switching my bet to fish. Damn it, son of a bitch. All right, yeah, well, other than that, here. final parting word, is there anything else, guys? No. 
All right. So my final parting word is fuck Tyler and let's have play us out. Yeah.